Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. Time flies when you're learning super cool stuff. I'm Nate. And I'm Callie. If you're dropping in for the first time, welcome to Curiosity, where we aim to blow your mind by helping you to grow your mind. If you're a loyal listener, welcome back. Today, you'll learn about a brilliant biotechnology that is turning mosquitoes against themselves, how babies use a slimy indicator to figure out who can be trusted, and the freaky things that would happen if we messed with the speed of light. Without further ado, let's satisfy some curiosity. Nate, if I told you I was going to release 2 billion mosquitoes into your neighborhood, would that make you excited? No, mosquitoes are the worst. They make you itchy, they buzz in your ear, they spread disease, and even when you're sure you've clapped them into oblivion, somehow you've missed and they continue their reign of terror. And did you know that mosquitoes and the diseases they carry are responsible for more human deaths than all of the wars in history? I did not know that. Okay, wow, they uh, truly are merciless. But here's the thing. Our biggest ally in the war against mosquitoes is likely mosquitoes themselves. Genetically modified mosquitoes from biotechnology company Oxitec. And they've been in action since last year in the Florida Keys. Aw, oh, man, there aren't a lot of certainties in life. But hating mosquitoes was one of them. Now you're telling me I might love mosquitoes? Maybe. Oxitec has recently been approved by the EPA to expand the program and release 2 billion more in the Keys and Tular County in California. Why are they doing this? Is it because of how freaking itchy they make me? No, sadly, they're not doing this for your individual comfort. The mosquito species Aedes aegypti is an invasive species, so it's got to go. And worse, it has a low proportion of the overall mosquito population, but is responsible for a relatively high proportion of mosquito-borne diseases. So the thinking is what? Less mosquitoes equals less disease? Yes, exactly. If you reduce Aedes aegypti populations, you will reduce the spread of infectious disease in that area. In particular, these scientists are concerned about Zika, chikungunya, yellow fever, and dengue, all mosquito-borne illnesses. When I hear that term, mosquito-borne illness, I think of malaria. And you'd be right. This area of study is relevant to malaria as well, and I know the good people in the fight against malaria are watching closely. There are hundreds of millions of malaria cases a year, and almost half of the world lives in areas at risk for malaria infection. And of course... It's carried by mosquitoes. Yep. This new type of biotech could greatly reduce the number of mosquitoes that transmit malaria, which then reduces the number of malaria cases and could potentially even eradicate it if it all works out. So what did Oxitec do to the mosquitoes? Tell me about the genetic modifications. First, there's the big one, the self-limiting gene. This modification is made only on male mosquitoes and affects the male offspring. That next generation of males won't survive to adulthood, meaning... They can't reproduce. Exactly. The females are unaffected, but the males can't reproduce before they die off. So there are less and less males and less reproducing pairs, which means less mosquitoes every generation. Eventually, they're all gone. No modified mosquitoes, no unmodified mosquitoes. And no disease transmission. Okay, you said modifications, plural. What other mods did they make? It kind of sounds like I'm talking about cool updates to my car. And you know what? This one is kind of like that. All the modified mosquitoes produce a fluorescent protein that glows red under a certain kind of light. For the researchers, it's about tracking the bugs. Okay, so the mosquitoes will make sterile male offspring, can be tracked easily, and will look super cool under a special light. But what now? Now, they release them. Only there's been some pushback. While the EPA has given the approvals, some critics say there hasn't been nearly enough research. Much of the data has yet to be shared for peer review, and some members of the local communities don't feel fully represented. So without more transparency and communication, it's hard to know what's exactly going on in these places. That's a little scary. 
I agree. While Oxitec has definitely done quite a bit of work to make sure the whole thing stays on track, ecosystems are incredibly complex. And once you release 2 billion bugs, there's no getting them back. The genetically modified cats are out of the congenitally altered bag. (laughs) Of course, Oxitec will have to monitor the situation as it unfolds. And if anything appears to go wrong, like if male mosquitoes start making it to maturity when they shouldn't, Oxitec will have to step in, stop the program, and kill the mosquitoes off with pesticides. Much more efficient than a million scientists running around trying to clap them all to death. Let's just hope it doesn't come to either of those options. You know the saying, sharing is caring? Of course. That's what you hear whenever you really don't want to share something. Well, you might want to start because science is proving that saying right. For the last time, you cannot use my Costco membership, Nate. Uh, But the hot dogs are such a good deal. Anyway, new research is showing that babies can likely tell who to depend on by who shares spit. I hope you're not talking about actual spit. Please tell me you're talking about, like, a kiss or something. Well, kissing counts, and so does any time you share saliva. Let's say you have a really good BLT. Crispy bacon, juicy tomato, fresh warm bread, and a conservative swipe of mayo. Would you give your mother a bite? Listen, that woman carried me around for nine months. She can have as many bites as she likes. What about the person who cuts your hair? Um, Mallory and I are tight, but not on a food sharing level. I'm going to keep my Sammy to myself. Right. That's because we only do these intimate saliva swapping actions, like kissing, sharing food and bevies, swapping utensils, with people we are really close with, our family and our very best friends, basically our social inner circle. Researchers say this is a marker of what they call a thick relationship, and being able to tell who you can count on has huge survival and evolutionary benefits especially if you are a small, adorable human baby relying on others to care for you. And babies can pick up on all this spit being swapped? Well, researchers had a hypothesis based on an earlier study with monkeys. In this study, when a monkey is in distress, the other monkeys in the group turn their attention to the primate with the closest human bond to the one in distress. So when it comes to humans, their hypothesis was that if a human baby saw someone in distress, the human baby would look to who they thought had the closest bond. But how does something that can't talk and spends all its day napping and snacking sort out all our complicated social interactions? Well, just like with adults, it all comes down to spit. Researchers got two groups together, babies who were 8 to 10 months old and toddlers that were 16 to 18 months old. Then they showed two videos to both groups. Don't tell me they made the babies watch The Shining or something. No, no, no. The star of these videos was a puppet. They made them watch Saw? No. In one video, the puppet shared an orange, teeth marks and all, with a woman. In the other video, the puppet and a different woman played with a ball. After watching each video, the groups watched a third video, with the puppet sitting between both women. Aw, one big happy family. Well, not quite. They made the puppet look like it was crying. When the babies saw the puppet cry, they were more likely to look at the woman who had shared the orange. They thought she was more likely to help because they thought she had a closer bond. Right. It means they recognize that who we swap spit with is a huge marker of a close bond. A little saliva on a shared spoon can help them realize who's out there when they're in need of help, too. So are there things other than saliva that get the same reaction? Researchers want to study other intimate moments, like hugs. Plus, they need to see if the results change in cultures outside the United States, with different customs when it comes to physical contact and saliva sharing. And since the women in the puppet videos were strangers to the baby watching, Researchers also want to know how the results change if the people involved are familiar, like family, teachers, or babysitters. That's still incredible. They might not be coordinated enough to shoot a basketball, but they can tell who we love by our dribble. Talk about 
drooling over someone. Gross. You know what I think is mind-boggling, Nate? People who think pastrami is overrated. That too. But when you go outside at night and look at the stars, some of them burned out millions of years ago. It's just taken that long for their light to reach Earth. Yeah. When you're stargazing, you're literally looking into the past. I am so glad you said that because I want to talk about how funky light and light speed is. If we got close to the speed of light or it slowed down to our pace, the world would be a wild place. Sounds like a pretty epic intergalactic funhouse. It'd be pretty weird. But to understand why, we're going to need the help of a good friend of mine. Oh, no, 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 no. Please don't try to do this again. Hello, it is me, famous theoretical physicist Albert Einstein. <laughs> That's supposed to be a German accent. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to do a German accent. All right, I'll play along. Albert, nice to meet you. But maybe Callie could explain this? Okay, I won't do that again. <laughs> Fine, let's break this down a little bit. Light is the fastest thing in the universe, and nothing can outpace its speed at roughly 186,000 miles per second. That's like going around the equator 7.5 times. In the same amount of time it takes Usain Bolt to go 10 meters. Light also acts like both a wave and a particle. As a particle, photons carry energy through space. It also has wavelengths. In the visible light spectrum, longer wavelengths make red light and short ones make blue light. So not all light is the same, but it's always moving at light speed? Exactly. We know we can't go that speed, but what if we got close? Or light moved near our speed? Uh, if I could imagine that, they'd call it Nate's theory, wouldn't they? Okay, that is a fair point. Let me tell you what it would look like with the help of Einstein's 1905 theory of special relativity. His imagination was on a whole other level. Think about it. It was like he looked at math the same way we look at oil paintings. Well, Uncle Albert said we'd notice some serious changes, especially in color, time, distance, and brightness. Nate, are you familiar with the Doppler effect? Sure. As a car approaches you, you get more frequent sound waves and the car's pitch sounds higher. As it drives away, those same waves have to travel further to get to you. Less frequent waves equals lower pitch. Right. Well, the same thing would happen to light. It's called the relativistic Doppler effect. If we move toward a light, the wavelength that determines color would look shorter, and if we moved away, it would look longer. So heading toward a light would make everything bluer, and heading away, everything would look redder? Correct, Mundo. We'd also get the searchlight effect. Have you ever run through the rain? Yes. The front of my shirt gets soaked, and I feel like I'm in a music video. Totally. Uh, that's because you get the rain that would have hit you anyway, and you run into the rain in front of you as well. You're experiencing it two different ways in one moment. The same thing would happen as we headed toward a light. We'd hit more photons and the light would seem brighter. Our shirts would be dry, but we'd be blinded. Right. Even odder, though, is what would happen to time and distance. Time would sort of slow down. So if we were moving at light speed, it'd feel like we were all moving in slow motion? Not quite. It'd feel normal, but time would actually be sort of going slower relatively. It's called time dilation. Let's say that I said, see you later, and I'd move on at light speed, but you went along at the human speed. 36 years later, you'd probably be asking yourself, am I ever going to see Callie again? You do tend to run late. Not by 36 years. But then, poof, I reappear. Except I'd only be five years older compared to your 36 years older. Ooh, that's freaky. Kind of like time traveling into the future. Obviously, I'd ask you if it felt like you were stuck in jello or something that whole time. And time would have felt normal to me and normal for you. That's the relativity part. But let's say you had gotten homesick and decided to do a light speed flyby of Earth to check on your puppy. What would the Earth look like to you? 
everything would look shortened. The Nile River, the longest in the world, it might look like a stubby puddle. It's called length contraction. And if you caught a glimpse of me speeding by, I'd look a lot longer. Callie, this stuff is hard to imagine. I get it. What really helped me is playing this game from the MIT Game Lab called A Slower Speed of Light. It lets you play around and see what would change if light slowed down to a human pace. You can find it online, and it's awesome. I might do that, but first, I'll have to reach my top speed, 65 miles per hour, as I drive home. But remember, you're going 65, but the light from those headlights, 180,000 miles per second? Uh, thank you, <laughs> Albert. I promised I wouldn't do it again, but I did. Yeah. Let's recap what we learned today to wrap up. Genetically modified mosquitoes provide new hope at curbing the spread of infectious disease. The modified mosquitoes create a new generation of sterile males, reducing the population of an invasive and highly infectious species. Babies can tell who we are close with and who to depend on, all from an odd source. Spit. Sharing saliva is proving to be a big marker of close relationships that even the smallest of humans can understand. Humans can't go the speed of light, but if we got close, or if light slowed down to our pace, the world would be a pretty wild place. Exploring that world would change everything we know about color, distance, and time itself. Curiosity Daily is produced by Wheelhouse DNA for Discovery. You can follow our show wherever you get your podcasts, and we would love it if you could take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. 